0: Again, the doors close at four o'clock Pacific today. You can sign up at kathyhaar.com slash join. I cannot wait to spend 12 weeks with you and watch you become a master at manifesting the most gorgeous experiences and opportunities and abundance into your life. The thing that's so scary, scarier than feeling foolish, scarier than putting yourself out there, scarier than feeling uncomfortable is getting to the end of your life and looking back and having not done the stuff you really wanted to do because you were afraid. If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you wanna figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show, don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller and I'm a singer-songwriter. I make a living doing what I love and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to help you do that and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies. This is going to help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Thanks to Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is a messaging app which brings all your team's communications together, giving everyone a shared workspace where conversations are organized and accessible. Go to slack.com to learn more. Thanks to ShipStation for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use my promo code DREAMJOB. Remember, free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use my promo code DREAMJOB. This episode is also brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is giving my listeners a one-month free trial of unlimited access to over 17,000 classes. You can go to www.skillshare.com dreamjob to start your free month today. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. We're going to do something scary today. We're going to talk about what scares us. We're going to talk about fear. Tomorrow's Halloween. No better time like the present. And I feel like this really is so important because we're all afraid, you know? As I'm talking to you right now, I have a voice in my head that's like, is this good enough, is it great, do they like it? We're all constantly battling that and what I wanna tell you is you are not alone. You are not alone. We're all scared. It's hard, it's hard to put yourself out there. It's hard to have the courage to want what you really want. It's hard to have the courage to go for what you want because you might get your heart crushed. You you might actually find out that, you know, Somebody says no, you might get rejected and it isn't easy, but I'm telling you what, if you persevere and if you keep going, amazing things are going to happen. So we're going to talk about fear today. We're going to talk about how to overcome fear. We're going to talk about some of the things that I've been afraid of in my life. And we're going to talk about some techniques that you might be able to use to help you move forward. So what is it that's so scary When I'm saying this, some of you might be saying, Oh yeah, I totally know what scares me. And some of you might be thinking, I don't think things are scaring me. I think it's just that I don't have enough time. I, you know, don't have this particular course finished. And once I do, then I'll go ahead and create this work. Or I think it's just because, you know, this person in my life is an impediment. And because I have this relationship, I can't, whatever it is that you're thinking is your excuse. Typically, it's because you're afraid. And sometimes we want to hide behind excuses because we feel shame around even admitting that we are afraid. And what I want to do today, I want to sort of shine a light on what's really going on because I don't think that there should be shame around it. I think that life is messy, I think that life is also exhilarating, I think it's also challenging, and I think each one of us um, shouldn't have to have this like cross to bear where we walk around feeling like this weight when we think about the fact that we're actually afraid of something and we sort of decide that we're going to pretend or hide it away why don't we just step into the light and allow it to be known because the more it's known the more we can actually overcome it and i want to talk today about some of the things that i've been afraid of in my life and i want to talk about how i've been able to overcome certain things but i'm still Every single day, I am a big work in progress, and so I'm constantly working through these things. It's not like you know you overcome fear, period, and the rest of your life is fear-free. Okay, so let's just talk for a second about some of the things that I've been afraid of in my life. So there's a bunch. Okay, so one thing was that when I started out as a songwriter, I used to get very scared that if I presented my work to somebody, that it wouldn't be... Good, that they would think I was sort of foolish because my lyrics would be unpoetic or uninspired and my melodies would be sort of rudimentary and they would think that it was silly. Um, I used to have these moments where I would set up a co-write, I would co-write a song with somebody and I would walk into the room. And I would see this person and I would get flooded. I would think that this person was just so far ahead of me and that I was just going to feel just like an idiot, like whatever I would say was not going to be you know, useful or helpful or productive or add anything of value. And so sometimes I would be so overcome by that that um, it would get the better of me. And during the entire co-writing session, let's say I was there for two hours or something, I wouldn't really say very much, which ensured that I wasn't going to be you know, so helpful or inspiring in the session. Then I had other experiences where I would be driving to the place and I would think about what excuse I could come up with to cancel it. And I would think about how, well, maybe I can cancel it today because my daughter needs me. And I I would actually have these thoughts. And I'd have other times where I would just go anyway. I'd be just as scared and I would be noticing that I was afraid and I would have the courage to just say, you know what, I'm afraid, and I'm gonna do it anyway. And then I would allow myself to experiment with opening my mouth and offering things and trying things and, and, and being fully there. Whether or not I was going to make a fool of myself with something I said or offered or a melody idea or a lyric, I would just offer it up. And I would say 99% of the time, that I felt the fear and did it anyway and showed up, did my did my best anyway, I would say 99% of the time I wound up contributing stuff I was really proud of. And I wound up writing songs that both myself and my co-writer really loved. And we did them together and they felt that I added a lot of value. And we wound up making money from those songs. And those songs became pieces of art that we felt like, you know, we had helped create these beautiful you know, pieces of things that were now out in the world, adding more sort of beauty to the world. So that was that was one experience with feeling fear and that was one journey. And, and now I still feel it a little bit, but I feel it a lot less because I've had the experience so many times to know that it's just fear and that I can show up anyway. So I struggled with that in my co-writing and I started to write music and things started to take off. And then I had an agent for a little while and he did a fabulous job. And then he wound up leaving the agency when my contract was up. And I had the I had the opportunity to either go find a new agent or to try it on my own. And my agent who had left said to me, you could do this on your own. You have a good personality. You could figure out a way to reach out directly to the people who are buying music and choosing music for different shows and different ads. And I thought, oh, my God, that sounds so scary and so intimidating, but maybe I could do it. And so I wound up dipping my toe in and I would have to do some research and find their information. And then once I would find their information, I remember it would like be like staring at me on my desk and I'd be like, oh, my gosh. okay, now I have no excuse. I have this person's contact information. I'm supposed to just create an email, and send this person a link to some of my songs, or I'm supposed to just pick up the phone and call this one ad agency and see if they want my, to use my music for a Coke or a McDonald's ad, and I would just come up with every excuse in the book and everything that I needed to do before that. like I'd be doing like stuff that didn't need to get done just so I could avoid getting that done because I was afraid. I was afraid of looking stupid. I was afraid of making the phone call and then sounding like an idiot and bothering them and all these fears like... Oh, I'm going to send this person an email and they're going to think that I'm annoying or I'm going to call this person and I'm just going to be such a bother and, you know, just sort of not something that they want to do is talk to me and so I'm going to feel like I don't know what I'm saying. And then I would say to myself, this is so stupid. How can I allow these fears to stand in the way? Like, I've worked so hard. I have this music. My other agent was successful at getting these songs, you know, into different shows and ads and stuff. So I think that this stuff has been vetted. I think the music is good. And I still felt scared to pick up the phone. I still felt like I was going to be a bother or that I wouldn't know what to say. And I said, I can't let that stand in my way. And so I would pick up the phone and I remember like when you know it was dialing I'd be like oh my god I just want to hang up and then the person would answer the phone and then I would talk to the person and I realized that people were so much less scary than I thought and they were nice and I would realize that I don't know why I was so scared I mean this was what they did for a living they were people who were looking for music and I had music and I had music that actually was good and it was It was the right kind of stuff it was what they were looking for so i was actually helping i was giving them stuff that they needed their job was to search for this music and i had some of it and so why was i so scared to let them know like hey, I have this music and I think it might be really helpful. It might be what you're looking for. And I and then I thought to myself, like, I actually might be extra helpful because I know I'll be really grateful. I'll be really personable. And we would wind up having conversations that were far beyond music. We would talk about like, you know, how long have they been in L.A. or how long have they been at their job and what do they do for, you know, summer va- break vacation or whatever it was like we would have conversations about being a parent or anything and we would connect and I would make friends. And I realized that I was actually maybe brightening their day. And so why was I so scared? And I still got scared every single time. And then I wound up starting an agency where I was helping other artists to get their music placed. And then I would have these fears every time an artist would want to sign with me and they would want me to represent them, I think oh my God, who am I to sign this person? What if I fail? What if I don't get them anything? And so that was really stupid because sometimes I actually missed out on the opportunity to um, represent people who were amazing because I was afraid that I wouldn't do a good enough job. And I made that decision before I even tried because I didn't want to let them down. And when I started an agency, I was worried that the people who were choosing music would now not take me seriously as an artist if I also had an agency, but they actually wound up thinking that was really cool. They thought that it was great that I now not only had my music to pitch, but I could also pitch other kinds of songs. And so I had more available to help them with other kinds of needs that they had. And then, you know, I had other fears come up, like I started being asked to speak and teach songwriters, and I would think, who am I to be speaking? Why don't they ask some really famous songwriter? And I thought, well, those people aren't necessarily doing that, or they're not necessarily available, and I I do have something to say, and why shouldn't it be me? And It doesn't matter if we're like you know the greatest songwriter that ever lived like if i have something of value to teach maybe that's enough and so i struggled with that and i just like would push through that and i overcame that and and that's sort of just been like an on and on you know journey every time i do something new i feel a little bit overwhelmed by it and scared of it but i just do it anyway we tell ourselves these stories you know i'm afraid of sales i'm afraid of putting myself out there i'm afraid of showing my work at the gallery we tell ourselves these things so many times that we start to believe these stories which they're just stories they're just thoughts they're not facts it doesn't mean that they're true but we start to tell ourselves this enough that we believe that we, we really believe it and then it completely paralyzes us we we're smart right our brains Are here to actually help keep us safe right that's how we've evolved as a human species and so if we tell ourselves that something is scary our brain will line up a million reasons why we shouldn't do it and to help protect us because there used to be a time where we were running from like you know wild animals and we needed to we needed to have fear fear keeps us safe fear is the reason why we survived as a species because fear has helped us to come up with strategies to avoid getting hurt but There are a lot of things in your life that you tell yourself are going to cause you pain, and that's not necessarily true. And there are times where things will be painful, and that's also okay. It doesn't mean that because something is painful, you shouldn't do it. I think that sometimes having a mantra can be really helpful, and about... About nine years ago, I wound up doing some mindfulness training. I was um, writing music for the Henson Company and Lisa Henson, um, she's Jim Henson's daughter, she's a big proponent of mindfulness. And she invited me to come on this like day long retreat. And I wound up like being so anxious, sitting in the silence, like doing all this meditation. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting that sitting in silence caused me to be so anxious. So I think I'm actually going to do more of it because I wanted to figure out what that was all about and why it was so threatening and scary to like sit still for a while. And so I wound up doing a bunch of classes at UCLA. They have a mindfulness program. And one of the teachers um, actually had her on our show a few months ago. Her name is Susan Kaiser Greenland. I met her through that program and I wound up taking some of her classes. And I remember her saying, things are as they are and I can be with them just as they are. And she would repeat that, things are as they are, and I can be with them just as they are. And I realized that that is so helpful. There are times where we are scared. There are times where we are in pain. There are times where we are really uncomfortable. And sometimes I'll call this thought to mind and I'll say to myself, things are as they are, and I can be with it. Because I think the I can be with it part is really important. Sometimes you are doing something and you are scared and your heart is racing and you are uncomfortable or you are in pain. And in that moment, if you can call upon the fact that you can still find some equanimity around that, you can still be with it, you realize that you don't need to react to it so quickly. I think that we are conditioned, and we've conditioned ourselves to not want to be uncomfortable at all. Never, to never be uncomfortable, to never be in pain. But then what happens is we wind up creating a lot more pain for ourselves, because the truth is that everything that we truly wanna do is on the other side of being uncomfortable sometimes. It's on the other side of stepping out of our comfort zone, and it does mean we have to be afraid sometimes. Like when you learn to swim, and you get in that water for the first time, it's scary. Or when you are riding a bike and you fall off and you're just learning and you have to get back on and your knees are all skinned up and and that's, that's not fun. Or when you fall in love with someone and everything's great and then you get your heart broken. Sometimes you break up or sometimes you stay with that person and you realize that you're with that person for years and this is a good relationship and you do get your heart broken often because things aren't always perfect. And doing things that are, you know, huge and rewarding and courageous also require being uncomfortable. And we need to remember that it's also okay. We can be with it. We have the strength. We we can handle it. We're not going to fall apart. So reminding ourselves in those moments that we can We can be with it is is good. And another thing that Susan said to me years ago, which I think is really helpful, is she said, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. And just like happy things pass, sad things pass. And then they come around again. So you might be in a moment, and I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but sometimes, you know, like I'm enjoying doing something so much and I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, there's only like two hours left of this experience. Or, you know, I'm eating this ice cream and there's only two bites left in the bowl, you know, and and things do pass. But then another awesome thing will happen a day later or four days later or two weeks later. And that's the same thing with sad things. You know, like when you're in the middle of a moment, sometimes you feel like so overwhelmed by it. But you forget, like, that'll pass. That'll pass. It won't be like that forever. You won't be uncomfortable forever. You won't be in this much pain. And one of the things that we forget is that we have so much control over what we choose to think. And one thing that we need to do is to not believe everything we think. We need to put some space between our thoughts and, you know, between who we are. You are not your thoughts. You're the person thinking those thoughts, you're you're the person noticing those thoughts. So you're so much bigger, you're so above, you're so beyond, you're so much more giant than any of these thoughts. So it's helpful to step back a little bit and notice what you're thinking and let those thoughts sort of like pass through your mind like clouds. And you might notice like, oh, this thought is telling me that I'm really overwhelmed right now. That's interesting. Don't judge it, just notice it. And the more you notice things you won't get as triggered by things what happens is sometimes we don't notice that we're thinking we just allow ourselves to think and then we allow our thoughts to control how we feel and then our feelings create more thoughts and then those thoughts create more feelings and next thing we know we're not just thinking something negative we're feeling it our body is you know having a reaction our nervous system is plugged in you know, to our immune system and it all kind of goes together. So these are a few things to think about. I remember when I first started out as a performer and I was sort of like growing in my field. I was performing at like bigger and bigger, you know, cooler, more sophisticated places in Los Angeles. And I remember the first time that I performed at the hotel cafe, which now looking back, it's so silly that I thought this but the hotel cafe is sort of like the cool spot in LA and it used to be much cooler than it even is now but it used to be sort of where like you know John Mayer would perform or Sarah Bareilles or Katy Perry and the truth is when cool people come to town and they want to do like a surprise pop-up show you know you will see Coldplay do a show there like it does happen anyway I remember the first time that I booked to do a show there and I was like oh my gosh I'm so intimidated, like, who am I to get up on the stage, and am I going to make a fool of myself, and is this going to even be good, and are people going to like my songs, and is my voice going to sound great, and am I going to remember all the lyrics, and am I going to look like an idiot? I had all these thoughts, and part of me wanted to not do it, and part of me wanted to cancel it, and I remember excuses just showing up oh, you know, I can't do a show this month because such and such thing is happening. I also remember that sometimes a week before the show, I would like lose my voice. Oh my gosh, I just randomly lost my voice. And over time, I realized that was stress. That was fear. That literally sometimes you can have a physical manifestation of your fear. And it it sort of tries to convince you that you really can't do this thing. Um, and over time, thank God that went away. But anyway, when I would finally get there... I remember thinking to myself, I'd be standing in the green room before I went on and I would hear that the, the place was packed with people. You know, my heart was racing and I was getting nervous. And I remember thinking to myself, what's the goal right now? What's the priority right now? Is, is my number one goal here to be perfect? Is my number one priority to go out there and to be a flawless human being What's my goal? And I remember thinking to myself, no, my my goal right now, my priority right now is to have a great time tonight. My goal right now is to get up there and be the most honest, genuine, messy, real, connected version of myself so that I can connect with everybody in the audience and that hopefully something I sing, hopefully something I say will help somebody feel something that will offer them some healing or make them feel better or help them work through some pain. And I thought, well, if that's my goal, then it doesn't matter if I'm perfect. It doesn't matter if I'm standing up there and for a moment, I don't know what I'm supposed to say in between songs. But what would matter is if I spent the entire time trying to be perfect, then I definitely wouldn't achieve my goal because I would have the worst time and I would be tense and then the audience would be tense and if I was trying to be perfect and I was hard on myself the whole night I wouldn't enjoy it and I wouldn't have fun which means I wouldn't want to do it again and if I'm not getting out there and doing it and I'm not sharing my work with anybody then what's the point in writing these songs because I'm writing these songs to hopefully connect with other people and express myself and touch other people's lives so I would think that, and it was so awesome, because then I would get up there, and I would just have fun, and I would just relax, so I've had those experiences in my life, and I want to remind you of those things. I posted on the Facebook page, I said, what what are you so scared of? Because I wanted to hear from you guys, I wanted to hear from our listeners, what are the things that scare you? And I want to read you guys some of these, because I want to see if this relates to how you feel, because you are not alone in your fear. Thanks to Slack for supporting this podcast. Slack is a messaging app which brings all your team's communication together, giving everyone a shared workspace where conversations are organized and accessible. Slack connects the tools and services you need in one place. so You can reduce emails and streamline your team's communications. Organize your team with real-time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, and searchable archives all in one easy-to-use app. Slack also saves you time and improves productivity. Drag-and-drop file sharing that works with all apps you already use like Zendesk, Salesforce, and Google Drive. Plus, tailor Slack to work with more than 1,000 other apps. You can always pick up where you left off no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Find out why at slack.com. That's slack.com. This podcast is also brought to you by ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out the door quickly can be tough. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fast and easy way to manage and ship your orders all from one place. I strongly recommend using it because when I've talked to so many people who own Etsy shops or have their own businesses, sometimes they forget that the fulfillment of all of these products, shipping these things, actually is very taxing. And so if you use ShipStation, it makes it all seamless and easy. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly and keep customers happy, whether using Shopify, Squarespace, Etsy, BigCommerce, or over 75 other popular selling channels. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even from your cell phone. Then use ShipStation to create shipping labels for all the top carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. Right now, try ShipStation free for 30 days, and then get an additional month free only if you use my promo code DREAMJOB. Go to ShipStation.com, and before you do anything else, you can click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Dream Job. That's ShipStation.com, and enter Dream Job. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting our podcast. Skillshare is giving you a one-month free trial of unlimited access to over 17,000 classes. Go to www.skillshare.com/dreamjob to start your free month today. I think this is really cool. There's so many classes I wanted to take. When I was looking through Skillshare, I was like, oh my God, there's a class on making videos on your phone. There's a class on animation. There's a class on being a better copywriter. Like you name it, there's classes there. Graphic design, logo design, general design, visual thinking, illustration, watercolor, hand lettering, branding, email marketing, web design, there's street photography, photo editing, public speaking, there's everything. If you're looking to keep your design skills sharp with the next new design hacks, grow your business, or turn your passion project into a side hustle, then you should try Skillshare. With over 3 million members and more than 17,000 classes, Skillshare is the Netflix for online learning. Classes are taught by industry experts and experienced professionals. Perfect if you're looking to build your career and add impressive skills to your resume, or you just love to learn new things. Get unlimited access to all of this for a low monthly price. Never pay per class again. And for one free month, go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob. That's Skillshare.com slash DreamJob. So here's what people said Arlene said, What if everyone hates my work? And Amy said, I'm afraid that I'll try the thing I've always wanted and I'll suck at it and no one will like it and people will think I'm foolish. And Nicolette said, What if my family starves and we can't pay our mortgage? And Tasha said, Putting myself out there and risking getting rejected and told that my work sucks scares me. And Barbara said, what scares me is fear of failure, fear of people not liking my ideas, fear of not accomplishing my goals. I'd love to know how to put these fears at bay and go for it. And Debbie said, what if my best isn't good enough? And Amy said, it's fear of losing my family and friends if I succeed. People don't always want you to do well. And Kelly said, I'm afraid of messing up. I'm afraid of messing up and making mistakes and spinning out of control. I'm afraid of people not being able to trust me if I'm unreliable. I'm afraid I won't be able to trust myself if I make mistakes. I'm deathly afraid that these bad traits will ruin my chances at anything good and I'll never overcome them. And John said, I'm afraid of being unoriginal, mediocre. I've always wanted to be super. It scares me to think of putting myself out there and then someone saying, nah, it's not super at all. And Mariah said, I'm afraid of actually succeeding. I'm afraid of getting out there, giving it my all. And people recognize my work. I'm afraid of the pressure. I'm afraid of the pressure I would be under to maintain that success. What if I make a mistake? And Kyle said, I'm a dental hygienist. And I love your podcast. And I left a full-time position with benefits because it caused me anxiety every time I went to work. And I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able to pay the bills. But when I left my job, other things opened up for me. And now I know that you have to let go and have faith to be abundant. I worked through my fears with the help of a coach just before I left, and up to a few weeks after, I could feel the anxiety in my body physically, not just emotionally. But so many things opened up for me, and one of the new opportunities is speaking and talking about fear. And I can't believe I'm speaking to my peers. I find that each time I do something outside of my comfort zone, the easier it gets to do the next thing that scares me, and the more successful I feel. And Kyle said, did I mention that I'm 56 years old? So you're never too old to reach your dreams. So did you guys hear all that? Because do you notice that we're all sort of swimming in the same fishbowl? We're all sort of drinking the same Kool-Aid. We're thinking the same things. So you know something that's really interesting, the more I talk to people, the more I even listen to my own thoughts. I think the thing that people value above everything is like a sense of security a sense of comfort. I think that we will stay in jobs we hate, we'll stay in relationships that make us miserable because at least we feel secure, we feel safe. It's what's known. And I think we have to start valuing being courageous over being secure and comfortable. And there's other things in your life that sometimes you are afraid of and it's like not a rational fear. There are times where you're afraid because you have a right to be afraid. Like you wouldn't wanna drive aggressively or you wouldn't wanna walk in a certain neighborhood in pitch black by yourself. Those are rational fears. But there are times where I remember in my own life when I started, you know, having music and I wanted to start to get it out there and I'd have to send an email. And right before I'd click send on that email, I'd be so nervous. Like, what if the person thinks I'm annoying or bothering them or what if they don't like my music? And I used to think, am I going to let this fear stand in the way of what's on the other side? And then I started to let fear actually drive me. In the moments where I would be afraid of doing something, I would know that that usually was a signal, that that was the stuff I needed to put my attention on, that those were the actions I needed to take. And I would get myself psyched up, I'd be like, I can do this. I have the courage to be uncomfortable if it means that I might be able to move my career forward. If it means that by sending this email, maybe I'll actually get an opportunity that I really want. If it means that maybe by being uncomfortable and making this phone call on the other side, if I can push through that being uncomfortable, maybe I'm actually going to make something happen that i I deserve for that to happen, and that's my destiny. I'm not gonna let being afraid stand in between me and what I really want. It's ridiculous, and I, when I would start to be able to at least call it into the light and see what it was for what it really was, I could then do something about it. I feel like there is a part of you there is a part of you that knows that you are so much stronger than this other part of you. And I feel like there's always that inner wrestling inside of ourselves. And there's a part of you that won't back down. There's a part of you that's stronger, that's more courageous, that doesn't care what people think, that's willing to have the courage to put yourself out there, that's willing to go for it. And you know, I know that some people said some things that they thought were real fears. Like, well, what if I go for what I want and then I don't have enough money to feed my family? Or what if I try to do this thing and I I fail miserably and I lose it?" everything. Look, I want to say a couple things. First of all, you don't have to just quit your job and go do this thing. You can build a runway. You can start a side hustle. Every single thing I've ever done was a side hustle. This podcast was a side hustle to my existing career, which was having a music agency. And before that, writing music was a side hustle to having day jobs. So you can do it in a more prudent way where you can start to build in the time, gain some momentum, and then you can go ahead and like you know, quit and and do what you're going to do as opposed to free falling. You can sort of plan it out. You can get yourself really psyched up and you can get so much momentum if you say, okay, that's it. I'm going to leave this job in six months. So if I'm working backwards from six months, how much money do I have to have saved? How much momentum do I have to have created? What kinds of steps should I take? What kinds of work should I have already completed? What kinds of relationships should I already have in the bank? And you can work backwards from that and let it fuel you. And remember, most people have much more time than they think that they have, it's that they're usually afraid. And so when you make the time and you allow yourself to not be perfect and you make the time to do what you really want, you'll be amazed at how much you can get done while you have your other day job. And then you will be able to quit when the six months comes around, or maybe it has to be a year. But a year can go by really quickly, especially if you're fueled and excited and and you're driven to a certain goal, it's amazing what you can accomplish. And for everybody who says things like that to me, and for everybody who implored me and begged me not to do these things, not to take these risks, not to be an artist, to have a more quote unquote practical job, here's what I have to say to you. I make so much more money now than I ever would working for anybody else. I make so much more money and have so much more fulfillment. I went out on a limb, took a huge risk and quit my job and started doing music full time. And yes, it didn't happen overnight, but I prepared for it. So before I quit my job, I saved a little bit of money and had already some momentum in the music world so that when I quit, I knew I wasn't starting from zero from my music you know, career. And I knew that I had a little bit of a runway in terms of savings. And then sure enough, like before the savings ran out, I started to make money and then I was licensing songs and I started to make a lot of money. And then I realized, God, this is so scalable. Like, it's not about, you know, working at a day job where they say, okay, we're going to pay you $50,000 no matter what. That's what you make for the year. This was exciting. It was like, oh, if I hustle more, if I do stuff more that I love, that could equal even more money. The sky's the limit. Wait a minute. I could just do more and more songwriting, which is what I love to do anyway. And if I really studied my craft and worked on my songwriting and kept working on building relationships. You you mean to tell me I could just get as many licenses as as can be? Like that's possible? Yes, it's possible. And then I went from writing music and making a lot of money writing music, like multi-six figures a year, then other opportunities started to spring from that. People asked me to speak. I was featured in magazines and then I was asked to teach classes. Then the classes started to make multi-six figures. Then people asked me to represent their music. I started representing other artists. Then that business took off and then that started to make multi-six figures. And then I started a podcast as another side hustle. And then that became a whole big business. And then we had sponsors and those sponsors paid us for me to get to just do what I love to do. And then I got a book deal, which was awesome. And who knows what's gonna come from that. But every single one of these things at the seed level meant I had to take a risk and I had to be willing to put work out there that wasn't perfect. I had to put out my first few podcast episodes and I I couldn't spend hours and hours and hours re-recording them. I had to just do what I thought was good enough and put that out in the world. And of course that's scary. Even right now as I'm recording this, I'm thinking like, is this good enough? Is And I have to just live with that. That's It's not that you get to a place where you don't feel the fear, it's that you have the fear and you do it anyway. And there's so many people that I know in my life who are far more talented than me, who run circles around me in every area, but they are so stuck on wanting the title to be perfect, or every draft to be perfect, or anything that they put out on social media to be perfect, that they'll never do it. They're just sitting stuck behind walls and mountains of fear when it's amazing how, like, I'm just willing to be uncomfortable and be messy and put things out there and so I start a music business, then I started an agency. You can just keep adding, it can be yes and. The other thing that I think gets in the way, one of the bigger fears I think also comes up is that people, we attach our identities to things in this like hard and fast way and so we're afraid is this really who I am? Do I really want to do this particular thing? If I don't know for sure that I want to be a songwriter, if I don't know for sure that I want to be a podcaster, if I don't know for sure that I want to have an agency and be known as an agent, maybe I shouldn't do it as at all. As opposed to seeing yourself as fluid and as multifaceted and that you could do one thing and then it might lead to something else and that it doesn't matter and that it's not cast in stone and that people still see you as as the self behind all of those roles that you're not defined by your role it's it's not that you're so much bigger than that so you can life can be in pencil you can write things you can erase things you can take two steps forward you can take three steps back you can go sideways and front ways and back ways and curved ways and you don't have to have it all together and i and the reason you hear so much passion in my voice is because i know right now as i'm sitting here in front of my microphone talking to you I know you guys are listening to me and many, many, many of you, if not all of you have something so delicious and awesome and sparkly and magnificent to share with the world, but you may not think so, so you're you're battling that, or you might not think it's ready, or you might not think it's perfect, or while you think you might have part of it down, you're afraid to do the business part, you're afraid to reach out to somebody, you're afraid to look foolish, you're afraid that you're going to make a big mess out of everything, and that drives me nuts because That's the risk we have to be willing to take. We have to be willing to be uncomfortable because there's so much deliciousness. Life is like this game, and this is kind of how you play it. When you're willing to be uncomfortable, when you're willing to put things out there, when you're willing to go for it, in spite of the fact that you're never ready, in spite of the fact that it's far from perfect, in spite of the fact that you don't know what you're doing 100%, it's amazing what starts to happen. And then what happens that is just monumental is you learn far more from the doing, You learn far, far more from getting in the trenches and actually being hands-on than you would thinking about it. I remember before we had a baby, we read all these books and it was so overwhelming. It's like, you know, sleep training and what they need to eat and how you respond to their feelings. You only know what the heck you're doing once you're doing it. And even then you're not sure if you know, but you learn so much from being on the job and so we deprive ourselves of becoming a master by standing on the sidelines thinking that if we take if we take one more class, if we think about it a little bit more, if we spend a few more years on that first draft, it's like that first draft might not be anything near what you're eventually going to create, but if you don't put it out there and then get the feedback and then try something else and try something else, you're not going to actually be, you know, churning the the gears in- enough in order to know what the next thing has to be. And so I am impl- you to be spontaneous, to try to trust in miracles, to discover what's possible, to embrace these moments, to just go for it and to just be okay with being a hot mess. We all are. There is no person that isn't. So the, the, the stuff that actually makes you more graceful and more confident is just being okay with what it is. It's not hoping that one day you just won't be messy. One day you just won't be that way. You'll just be perfect. You'll just have it all together. You'll just Be flawless. It's all a process, and we have to give ourselves the grace and the permission to move forward, even though we don't have it all together. And so, when we do that, we learn a tremendous amount. And the rewards. The rewards for that are staggering. If you seriously and the reason I don't always like to talk about it is because I don't like to come across like my life is perfect because my life has also got lots of, you know, challenges in it. But as far as my career, as far as how fulfilled I am, as far as how much money I'm able to make, the kinds of things that I can buy, the vacations I can take, the the opportunities that are open to me. It's because I had the courage to put myself out there. That's what I'm getting. rewarded for. I put myself out there with my music. I put myself out there with trying to start an agency. Everything in my life has been like that. It's like, all right, well, I don't have it all together. I'm just going to do it anyway. Same thing with this podcast. You know, it's like, let's start a podcast. Okay. Let's record some episodes. Let's put them out there. Let's see what happens. Same thing with my agency. Same thing with everything. Same thing with being a mom. Same thing with getting married. Like, do you think that I have any clue what I'm doing when I was getting married that day? Like, I just... Thought, you know, I think this is the right thing to do. Is it scary? Of course it's scary. It's all scary. It's all scary because we have to face ourselves. And the reason that when I was first meditating that I was so anxious sitting there on the floor on that cushion is because when you stop and you stop checking your phone and all the distractions are put away, you realize that the inner dialogue that you're walking around with all the time is beating you up all the time. It's it's thoughts that are just awful, telling you that you're not enough, telling you um, you know, all the things that you're nervous about, all the things that you're self-conscious about, all these fears, all this stuff, all this self-doubt, all this stuff from the past. We're all walking around with that all the time. Imagine if you had headphones on And every step of the way, whether you walked into a meeting, you sat down at the piano to write a song, you opened up your laptop to create something, and in these headphones that you had on all day long, you heard a voice saying, you're not good enough, you're going to fail, this is terrible, this is awful, nothing good will happen, put it away, stop doing this, it's not practical, you're being selfish, you're being self-involved, nothing good's going to come from this, you're not good enough, things like this don't happen to you, things like this happen for other... This is essentially what's happening. Like you might not have headphones on that you're hearing this from, but this is what your mind is telling you if you're really quiet, if you're really still, because we've all probably had moments in our childhood where somebody said this to us and we internalize this and we make up these stories to be true and we put them on repeat and they just gotta go. And so asking for those things to go before we begin is a really tall order because a lot of it is hardwired. But being willing to have the courage and to know that there is a part of you that doesn't give a damn about that voice, that is stronger and can outsmart that voice, and to go ahead and do it anyway, that's the task. You go ahead and you do it anyway. If you're gonna face a Goliath in your life, there is a David inside of you. You know that that's true. You've walked through walls you thought you couldn't. You've climbed mountains you thought you couldn't. You've already done harder things than this. You have, you've done harder things than this. You've you've shown yourself that you have that courage. So don't let yourself play small. Don't allow these thoughts to be on repeat and rob you of your destiny. Don't allow yourselves to be settling for a life you don't like waking up to every day. You have something incredible and brilliant and delicious to give to the world and the world wants it and the world needs it and you need it because the journey isn't really even about being perfect or having this incredible epic opus that you create. It's about you just getting up and facing your fears and becoming the most courageous version of you. That's how you become your own hero. That's what you wanna be anyway. So if you're feeling scared of something, that's a call to action, my friend. That means we need to take a closer look at that and walk further in that direction. And for those people who said on the Facebook page, "You know, I'm afraid that I'm gonna look stupid, I'm afraid that I'm gonna lose everything, I, I challenge you to see how resourceful and how smart you really are and to bet on yourself because I left decently paying jobs. I left security, went out on my own and I make 12 times what I made then. And what's awesome is it's all scalable and I don't have to sit at a desk full time doing something I don't like. I'm fulfilled. I'm happy and I get to make my own hours and I I get to do stuff I like. So how can you put a price on that? You can't. So, Whatever it is you want to do. If you want to start a podcast, if you want to start a blog, if you want to start a business, if you want to open an Etsy shop, so do it. So try it. I remember I started an online course um, about a year and a half ago. It was when I was pregnant with my baby, who's now a year. It was about a year and a half ago. And I was pregnant. I was tired. I was like, I'm going to do this course. I'm going to create an online course, and I'm going to see how it goes. And I was creating a course for songwriters, and I would wake up every day so driven, so motivated. i wake up at like 5.30 in the morning before the other two kids woke up. And I was creating content and instead of worrying about the content being perfect, I I couldn't. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the time to make sure the content was perfect. I had three months before the baby was going to be born. So I would just do my best and then I put the content out there. And it's amazing what happened. There's over 800 people in that class. And it was all a result of me being willing to wake up every day, get in the trenches, which was battling those inner self-doubting demons and do stuff anyway, put stuff out there anyway, not worry about it being perfect. You're going to create 17,000 more versions of this anyway, by just getting into life and making things better. Everything's beta. You're testing everything all the time. Test, do, test, do, assess, make it better, make it better, test, do. So if that's your process anyway, just go for it. Like don't, don't try to be perfect because it doesn't, it doesn't happen and you're never gonna be as good as you could be if you like tested, put stuff out there, assessed it, a year later fixed it, two months later fixed it, do you see what I'm saying? So I'm excited to see all these amazing ideas come to life, businesses come to life. I did this show because I want to do exactly this. I want to get to the heart of the fear and help you push past it because yes, it's helpful when Jonathan Adler is here and we can break into pieces how to create an amazing pottery business that turns into an international brand. It's great when Bobby Brown is here and we can talk about how to be a makeup artist. When Emily Giffen is here, we can talk about how do you break into pieces, how to become a great author. That's all awesome. It's helpful. It's important because it can be really overwhelming what the steps are business-wise. And one of the reasons we don't go forward is because it is overwhelming and we don't know what to do. But I know this, you have an idea of one thing you can be doing today. Even if you don't have a perfect recipe about what's between where you need to be and where you need to go in your, in your particular field. Maybe you don't have the recipe card for that exact, precise, step-by-step plan of what you're supposed to do, but you know one thing you're supposed to be working on. And if you allow yourself to do that one thing, and then you try the next thing, and you're resourceful, and you reach out, and then you work on your craft some more, and you reach out, and you get feedback, you're going to get there. The trick is that all of that has to be done while you're feeling uncomfortable, and you allow yourself to do it anyway. And if you're worried about being perfect at any of those steps along the way, you're going to get stuck. What I think to myself is this. Like, There have been so many things in my life where I've had to just step out of my comfort zone, whether it's even starting this podcast. I mean, did you not think when I started a podcast that I thought to myself, oh my gosh, there's so many other podcasts. There's people like Ira Glass. There's people like Gretchen Rubin. Katie Couric has a podcast. Who am I to start a podcast? Yeah, I thought that thought. And then the next thought that followed was, so what? So what? And yeah, I'm, I'm going to put myself out there. And yeah, I might not be perfect, but we're all messy. And I believe that if you shine a light on what's really true and you just show up and tell the truth and you don't pretend to be perfect, but you, you're genuine, I think that you find your tribe because I think that people are all sort of struggling with the same stuff. And I think that the more honest we are, we actually free other people to give themselves permission to do what scares them. And I really trust that. And sure enough, I started my podcast and even though there were so, so many podcasts already, people found it and you guys are here and I'm so grateful to you and I hope that you know, I show up and, and do justice to the time that you give us and, and I'm so grateful that you, you come back week after week. But I think that if I can do this, so can you. I don't think that there's inherently something that's cooler about me. And I want to be here to encourage you to go for it because the thing that's so scary, scarier than feeling foolish, scarier than putting yourself out there, scarier than feeling uncomfortable is getting to the end of your life and looking back and having not done the stuff you really wanted to do because you were afraid What's really scary is feeling all those fears all the time because when you actually do stuff, you realize that it's not as scary as you thought it was gonna be. And you realize that you're braver and stronger and you're more capable and you can be with things and you overcome fears. And then, yeah, there might be other fears that show up, but then you pursue that and you start to develop yourself and sculpt yourself into a person that you're really proud to be. And you keep putting yourself out there and then you inspire other people. And so what's really scary is allowing these thoughts to become bigger and huger and scarier than the thing actually would be itself. And then having that keep you from your life, from your destiny, And I think that this need to be perfect has just got to go. And I think we all have to be sharing with each other what's really true and messy because it allows all of us then to be a hot mess. We don't have to be perfect. Sometimes we're afraid to do things because we think about all the pain or all the loss that might happen. Like, Let's say you're thinking about leaving your job and you think to yourself, but oh my gosh, I'm going to lose security of this current job. I'm going to lose this mentor who I work with, who is like helping me you know, become a better version of me. I'm going to lose um, the income, the 401K, the peers that I work with, the lunch that I get to eat, all that stuff. And so we'll think about all the losses and that stuff might be true. It might be true, it might be a big risk to take, but sometimes we don't think the thoughts of what is there to gain? What is there to gain if I do this? What is there to gain if I go for what I want? What might happen to me as a person? How might I grow? What might I learn from this? What might I actually make more money if I went out on my own? Might I actually find a sense of fulfillment and purpose that I don't have right now? Might I make new friends? I know for me one of the other huge fears in my life has always been saying what I need to say. Like outside of career stuff, I feel like my my bigger fear has never been as much about the stuff I've been talking about in my career, even though that that stuff shows up about, you know, wanting to be perfect or not look foolish. But my bigger fears have always been interpersonal relationships insofar as, like, I think to myself, you know, in a relationship, whether it's with a friend or a producer or a parent or anybody, I'm such a pleaser. Like I'm afraid to say what I really want to say or say what I'm thinking because I'm afraid like that person's going to get mad at me. That person's not going to like me. And then I think to myself, so what? Okay, so the person won't like you. There's a great line in Wicked where Elphaba says, "Well, if that's love, it comes at much too high a cost." And I've thought that sometimes in my life. Like if being in this relationship with this person, whether it's a friend or a coworker or my parent, whoever, if it means that I can't be myself, if it means that I can't say what I need to say, then that, that comes at too high a cost. If it means that this person wouldn't love me or wouldn't like me or wouldn't want to be in this relationship anymore because I spoke up and said how I felt, then that's not worth it. However, as much as I can say that to myself, I still get scared of that stuff all the time. I'm still in situations where people are saying things and I'm uncomfortable and I just don't say anything. I just smile and nod and look away. Because it's sort of like there's certain fears that are deeply ingrained in us. I remember that I thought this thought a few years ago. I thought to myself, not everyone is going to like me. And I said, wait a minute, that's actually really profound. Not everyone's going to like me. And that's okay. And when you really let that be okay, it's really liberating. Do you need the whole world to like you? No. Is it okay if you are who you are and out of the 7 billion people in the world, not everyone likes you, not everyone relates to you, not everyone thinks that what you're doing is so great? That's okay. It's really liberating, actually, because it frees you from having to please everybody. It frees you from having to be everything to everyone. How about doing your very best to be yourself and to serve the world at the same time and to trust that that's enough, And what's interesting is that in my work, I'm much more fearless and I'm much more brave and I'm willing to fail and put myself out there much more than in my interpersonal relationships. I think it's because as a kid growing up, there was so much chaos. There was so much pain. There was so much anger. There was so much tension. There was so much going on that I learned to survive by staying out of the way, by not ruffling any feathers, by not getting anybody upset. And I really needed to be there for my parents more than they could be there for me because they were so um sort of overwhelmed by their own pain and their own relationship which was very un you know unpleasant and awful and so I wound up being their therapist. I wound up taking care of them. And so I haven't really learned in my life so well how to flex the muscle um in interpersonal relationships of showing up for myself and taking care of myself. But in my career, I feel like that's the place where I get to just like be who I am. And so I'm much more fearless and I'm much more willing to take chances and go for it and just show up and say what I need to say. And it's interesting. So since it's, you know, this Halloween episode, which is doing what scares you, I decided to tell you guys a few of those things myself. Um, So I want to give you an assignment. I want you to do something that scares you. I want you to put some of this into practice. I want you to come to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group or Facebook page or come to my Instagram and tell me in the comments, I want you to tell me what you did because I want you to practice seeing if any of this stuff is true. If you go ahead and do it and you tell yourself that you can be with it, does the fear feel more sort of manageable? If you go ahead and and do something and you remind yourself that sometimes you're more afraid of feeling anxious than you are of the thing itself, if you go ahead and do something and you don't require of yourself that you be perfect, but you just put one foot in front of the other and you put yourself out there, does that help? I don't want you to stay stuck and to stay paralyzed in this fear because it is just fear. It is just a thought it doesn't mean that it's true and even if you're absolutely right and your mind is telling you not to do x y and z because you're afraid that you're going to look foolish and then maybe you actually do feel foolish you can be with that and sometimes i think that we need to set goals in a slightly different way because sometimes we're afraid of failure and failure is something that we don't have to look at in such an extreme way I'll, i'll tell you what i mean like Let's say you're about to, you know, cold call somebody. You're going to try to get a meeting set up. If in your mind you fail if you don't get the meeting set up, then you might feel like you fail all the time. But what if the goal wasn't to set the meeting? What if the goal looked like this? I'm picking up the phone. I'd like to set this meeting and I'd like to learn something from this process. Then even if you don't set the meeting, did you learn something from it? You, you, you most certainly will. So instead of thinking that we're failing, maybe we need to look at our goals and say, my goal is to sculpt myself into the best version of me. My goal is to go forward and leave my comfort zone. So then how can you say you're failing no matter what? Because if you say to yourself, what I want to do is grow, what I want to do is learn new things, what I want to do is get unstuck, then you absolutely won't be failing. You will be succeeding. You will be growing. You will be conquering your fears. You will be learning things and you will be getting closer and closer to all of your goals. But I think that ultimately is the main goal anyway. So think about that. So also, as you're moving through things, there's some powerful questions you can ask yourself. Like, let's say you have an experience and you want to get the most out of it and you don't want to perceive that as a failure, right? So here's some things you can ask yourself. Number one, what did I learn from this situation? Number two, how can I grow from this as a person? How can I grow from this experience? And number three, what were three positive things about this situation? Because if you stick with this exercise, then you're gonna see this as an opportunity. Instead of seeing it as failure, everything's actually awesome because you can grow from all this stuff. So I want to challenge you this Halloween, this week, next week, the week after, I wanna challenge you to surrender to the fear. Don't resist it, don't try to overcome it, don't try to tell it to go away. And at the same time, don't let it scare you. Don't let it run the show. Just surrender to it. And notice what happens if you do it anyway. Just let yourself be scared. Just start to notice if the fear itself is scarier than doing that thing. Start to notice what happens if you shift your focus from wanting to be perfect to just wanting to learn something to just wanting to be the best version of yourself. And what happens if you start to do those things that scare you? Might you actually gain more than you lose? Might you actually start to have this exhilarating experience of being alive? And what if it's okay that you're flawed? What if that actually makes you more brilliant and more relatable? And what if by just being who you are, you actually get a lot more done? You don't expect yourself to be perfect. You just put things out there and one day at a time you start to grow and you start to hone your craft and people start to find you and you start to create an amazing life getting to do what you love and how much more scary is it to not do that and i want you to think about where you want to be five years from now monday morning where do you want to be what kind of shoes are you putting on where are you going what are you going to do that day what do you want your week to be filled with So if you just started imagining what you really want and you started thinking about yourself, doing that thing you really want to do and showing up at your bakery that you own or showing up at the ad agency where you work because you want to be a creative director or showing up at the gallery and seeing your work that night on display and drinking wine and eating cheese with all your friends around you, looking at your paintings on the wall or if you want to see two kids next to you that are yours or a relationship that you love, it's most definitely going to require that you're willing to be uncomfortable. It's going to require that you trust yourself, that you are stronger than you think you are. It's going to require that you not have to be perfect because if you're trying to be perfect in a relationship or in business or being a parent, you're just doomed to fail. But if you allow yourself to be good enough, If you allow yourself to trust that whatever you have to offer is beautiful, and then by striving to do your best, you're going to grow, and if the goal is getting out of your comfort zone, if the goal is growth, if the goal is just doing your best, there is so much waiting for you, and there is so much that you can accomplish. I also think that part of the reason we don't go for what we want is because Sometimes when we really glimpse that we might actually have success, there's a part of us that feels like we don't deserve it. There's a part of us that feels ashamed. There's a part of us that feels like, did they really know who they picked to have this opportunity? And there's a part of us that doesn't feel like we belong. And sometimes that also feels uncomfortable. But I think what's really behind that is that we're afraid that we'll let those people down or that we're afraid that once we have success, the pressure will be great. And it's the same cycle. It's the same cycle of, oh, then I'll be worried that I need to be perfect again. So that is really something that is at the core of all of this. You don't need to be perfect. You can take a deep breath when you're feeling scared. Just notice what you're feeling. Notice the tightness or the tension in your chest. Just notice it and remind yourself that you don't need to be perfect, that sometimes the things you're thinking are not even true, and that even if you are uncomfortable, you can be with that, and that the goal is really to grow. So then there really isn't failure, there's just growth, and growth is everything. You know, I was walking with my mom last week. We were in New York City before she before she had her accident, And we were walking through Times Square. We had just seen Dear Evan Hansen. And I said to her, you know, mom, I have to start to tell my story more. And she said, yeah, you know, I give you permission to do that. And I thought one of the reasons that I haven't fully told you guys the details of my childhood life story is because I was afraid to hurt my parents. I was afraid to offend them. Um, and I know a lot of people have this. Like I know some authors say, you know, I didn't write about my childhood until my parents passed away because I didn't want to offend them. And my mom said, I give you permission. You can tell the story. And, you know, everybody's had some childhood drama. So it's not like I walk around thinking that I had it worse or, I, I you know, I think we all have stuff. But I thought to myself, you know, it's Halloween and it's a little scary to put yourself out there and tell the truth. And so I want to tell you, a little bit about my story that I didn't really go into in detail. And I hope that by me doing this today, which is a little uncomfortable, a little scary to tell, it'll encourage you to do more things that scare you. So here I go to tell, you know, thousands and thousands of people some details that I haven't really shared before. So when I was growing up in my house, I was pretty tense a lot of the time. My parents didn't have a very happy marriage. They eventually got divorced. But when I was growing up, I, I was aware that my mom was, you know, suffering from a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. And my dad was very angry a lot of the time and filled with a lot of rage and very unfulfilled and very frustrated. And um, as I got older, you know, things got worse and worse. And my parents eventually split up and my mom um, didn't want to live anymore. And my mom would, you know, let me know that. And she was very suicidal and very unhappy. And she had like a complete nervous breakdown. And I was living with that day after day. And it was very overwhelming and awful and sad and scary. And it made me feel pretty hopeless. And at the time, as a kid, I didn't have a lot of tools or I didn't have a lot of, you know, books or mentors or thoughts that I could hold on to that helped me overcome the stuff. And so it was pretty scary and overwhelming. And I went through, you know, my own bouts of feeling depressed and overwhelmed. And I was determined to leave for college, even though I barely graduated from high school. And then I went away to college and I was determined to find meaning because I didn't come from a place where I felt there was just so much light and meaning, and I was p- feeling pretty overwhelmed. So when I was in college, I I was just determined. I was just determined to figure out like that there, there's, there must be more to why we're here. There must be a reason. There's gotta be more waiting for me uh, when I, you know, as I grow up and as I wanna create my life, I wanna create something that feels fulfilling and fun and beautiful and magical. And I think that I am doing that but it doesn't come without fear. It doesn't come without taking risks. It doesn't come without putting yourself out there. But I think that the life that I'm living now is very different from the life that my mom or dad was living when I was growing up. And I think the life that I'm providing for my kids is really different than what I saw in my house with people fighting and yelling and physically hitting each other. And then a mom who was suicidal, who basically looked at me when I was 15 and she was wanting to die. And she said to me, you're not enough. You're not enough to live for. And that was what kind of was going on with my mom. And as far as my dad was concerned, so growing up, I was pretty afraid of my dad because he would get really angry. And if he got angry, then it was pretty scary. And I watched how not nice he was to my mom. So I used to be pretty upset and I think my sense of self-esteem sort of, you know, picked up on the fact that uh I I kind of internalized, I guess, like how crummy she felt and the derogatory things that he would say. I think as a girl, I on some level also absorbed that. And then when my dad left, when he divorced my mom, he um, you know left for the woman that he had been sort of with before he left and um, it was kind of ugly like the next few years kind of a weird situation and even as I say this like I'm you know it's scary for me because I know that you know he might listen to the show but it just is what it is and we've gone on to have a different relationship now but this stuff you know is definitely part of who I am and it's the truth so it is what it is um so yeah he had you know a relationship with this woman and he actually got married and we didn't know and he um had a kid and my sister and i felt like he kind of moved on to have like a new life and we weren't really in the picture and he barely spoke to us or saw us and um i went actually several years without really hearing from him like he would miss birthdays of mine or just wasn't really a priority and i felt pretty insignificant and I really didn't have anybody, you know, sort of there to kind of reassure me that I really mattered, and I think as a kid, you feel pretty darn insignificant when your parents don't make you such a priority, because at that time, I think it's, it's what's supposed to be. Like, I think my job as a parent is to make my kids feel safe and to be there to, like, let them know how important they are and to guide them and give them reassurance and love and be unconditional. And it was tough. It was really, really tough. And when my parents got divorced, I remember coming home from school and I just saw a for sale sign in front of the house. And I knew that meant that, um, you know, it was official. That's kind of how I found out. And then we moved into an apartment and we were just going through, just just going through it, just such a hard time. And um, I remember, you know, trying to be my mom's cheerleader and trying to encourage her to fight on every single day. And it was very taxing and exhausting. And so it was just a really tough time. And I'm saying this for two reasons. One, because this whole show is all about, you know, doing what scares you. And this is really you know uncomfortable it's not pleasant to have to like you know talk about this stuff but also because i think it gives you guys a little clue into why the show is so important to me and and why i'm so passionate i think it's cuz when you grow up and you don't really feel that you're enough and you don't really feel that you matter you have a couple choices, right? You can either continue to let that be the case and that obviously would lead you down a pretty dark path or you can rise above that and stare it down in the face and realize that that's just not true. And just because you might have heard that and just because your parents didn't have the capacity at the time to make sure that you felt significant and to make you a priority... Um, It doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that other people maybe don't feel good enough about where they are at or maybe they don't have enough to give, but that can't dictate the rest of your whole life. Oh my God, what a waste to like give all that weight and power to somebody else's ideas. So it's sort of my like mission in life to make sure every person knows that they're enough and that they matter. I think because, you know, when you've been in a well, you can help someone out of a well and I've, I've been there. And I'm here to tell you that that's, that's all not true. You matter, no matter what. And in life, sometimes I think you have to be the one to sometimes fill up that hole for yourself. Since I am feeling pretty conscious of my parents' feelings right now, I will say that, you know, it's many years later now and my parents, they... They you know both have owned up to you know whatever happened, and they feel terrible, you know they wish that they could have done it different and My dad is now happily married to someone else he's been with her for a while, and she's great, and I feel like she's made him into a much more whole person by you know having love. It's just amazing and my mom, I think you know has really forged a new life for herself, and in some ways she's much more happy and together but there's still a lot of residue and nobody's really totally perfect. And, you know, you don't really ever fully shake the effects of that. And when you're carrying around, you know, a part of you that just still, you know, has this this imprint from some of this stuff that just kind of stays with you a little bit no matter what, there's always like this effect, this lasting effect. And sometimes I wish that that would just go away and leave me alone, but I know that You know, we're all broken in parts, and the best we can do is just fill ourselves up with like the most delicious stuff that we can and just not let any of this dictate what the future should look like. The past doesn't have to mean where we're going, it can just stay in the past. And maybe we can actually use it to push ourselves to even greater things and more delightful things because we can use it as sort of like resistance and give us clarity about what we what we don't want and so we know what we do want so we covered a lot of things and i just want to say as many times as i can possibly say it you're not alone you're amazing i feel you i'm totally just like you Um, It makes me want to cry right now saying it because I know what it feels like. I get it. We're all human. We all are afraid to put ourselves out there. We're all battling those inner demons and those self-doubting thoughts and we owe it to ourselves to do it anyway. We owe it to ourselves to make ourselves happy and to get to live a life that we love waking up to. You deserve that. You should have it. You are enough. You are more than enough. You are so, so much more than enough and there's no time like now, so let's go. Here are some takeaways from today. Number one, don't resist fear. Show up anyway and build tolerance. Number two, fears are just stories we tell ourselves so much that we believe it, but we have control over what we choose to think. Number three, things are as they are, and we can be with them just as they are. Number four, the more we try to avoid being uncomfortable, the more pain we create for ourselves. Number five, Be a hot mess. Be your honest self. It helps other people give themselves permission to do what scares them. Number six, what's scarier than feeling foolish or uncomfortable? Regret for all the things you didn't do. Number seven, you don't get to a place where you lose fear. You have the fear and you live with it anyway. Number eight, if you're feeling scared of something, that's a call to action. Number nine, life can be in pencil. The roles we take don't define who we are. Number 10, stop reading the manual. Just go out and do it. Number 11, we always think of what there is to lose, but what is there to gain? Number 12, do something that scares you. Put it into practice. And number 13, don't evaluate your goals on a success or fail basis. Make it a goal to learn from the process. All right, so every week I've been closing the show with a song that I wrote, and this one feels very appropriate for today. It's called I'm Not Afraid to Be Brave, and I hope that as you listen to it, you will give yourself permission to step out into the light to step forward no matter what and just know that you matter you're significant it doesn't matter if you're not perfect it doesn't matter if you have it all figured out you matter you're good enough what you have is good enough have the courage to do it put it out there you might fall on your face but you'll you'll grow from it and you'll learn from it and you'll get better and, and then you'll just you'll just be this shining example to yourself and to everyone around you that it's amazing what happens when you have the courage to keep going because you just kind of become more and more amazing and so many opportunities open that you never would have thought so I'm cheering for you I love you I want to hear your stories come to the Facebook page and tell me how you feel about this episode tell me what came up for you tell me what you want to try to do and just keep me posted because I read all the comments on Instagram. I read all the comments on Facebook and I'm just continuing to cheer you on and I'll talk to you guys next week. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
1: I'm through with waiting on the sidelines. I'm through pretending it's okay. Strong.